The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome to another edition of the Work-Life Balance. You're listening to Rick Morris on another Friday afternoon. What a crazy week. And uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in and listening. I was in New York City. I uh, happened to be there while the UN was going on there, and it was just crazy in New York City. The vibe was fantastic, even though they had, uh, you know, some of the issues that they were dealing with there. Um, always love going to New York City. Always love talking to the people there. Um, always love being around the people. So that was a fantastic time. Um, I have a huge shout out to San Diego. Uh, I got a lot of people listening to me right now uh, in San Diego at the uh, PMI conference out there, Leadership Institute uh, meeting is going on and about going into uh, the North American conference at PMI. Uh, and unfortunately, due to some work constraints, I couldn't make it there. But, uh, you know, this conference is amazing. There's people from um, around the world and, and just people that I, I consider family and just brothers and sisters uh, from around the world that have been able to visit um, uh, are there and, and discussing leadership and project management and uh, just really how to become better volunteer leaders and, and better uh, advance the profession are there. And uh, so I'm seeing pictures and, and tweets and things that are happening uh, out there in San Diego. Uh, and I'm just really upset that I can't be there. But, you know, they're, they're there with me in spirit and uh, I'm there with them in spirit. So a huge shout out to my, my family out there in San Diego. Um, and, you know, I had a whole different topic scheduled for today, but for, for my listeners that have been listening for a long time, and, and wow, I just got the year anniversary uh, hit me on LinkedIn. It's not quite a year of shows yet, but the year anniversary of when we announced this show popped up, and I cannot believe how quickly time flies, uh, which means it's been almost a, a little over a year that Winston hit me up to do this show, so I can't believe time is flying that quickly. Uh, but uh, for those of you that have been with me this whole time, again, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you guys even honoring me with your presence uh, with the show. But oftentimes I, I, I have a plan when I'm walking into the show and then that'll get derailed with just daily life. And, and the fact that we call this the work-life balance, that's exactly why I intended uh, this show to, to be titled that way. And and a lot of things happen today that, that just once is driving me to speak from the heart. And so with that, I've changed the whole topic of today's show um, and and really want to talk about parenting in in the work-life balance. And and a lot of this is to help me process (laughs) things that are going on. And I'd love to hear from you guys. I'd love to listen to you guys. Um, And so certainly welcome you to to call in 866-472-5790. I'd love to hear some of your topics on this. Uh, I had a couple of incidents even today just uh, with my children that I'm going to discuss and then want to talk about you know what it's like being a consultant and speaker and, and on the road and trying to parent and, and how I'm trying to balance that work-life balance and, and be present for my children. Um, but uh, I'll start with my daily prayer, uh, which says, you know, when I wake up in the morning is just you know please Lord don't let me kill my children. No, um, it's it's not that dire. But uh, you know I love my kids and and everything that we're doing. Uh, with them, and and my biggest thing is, you know, I didn't I didn't have a, a, a dad growing up. You know, I lost my father at a very young age, and um, was estranged from my mom, and so I, I felt like I had to go it alone quite a bit. And um, you know, I'm blessed now to have fantastic in laws that uh, I consider my parents, and so I've had a, a good influence in my life. But uh, when you don't have your direct parents, it, it can be very difficult, and. So the biggest thing I've always wanted to do was be present for my children and in, in instill values. And so what's interesting about that portion of instilling values in our kids 
was the first thing I want to discuss about was was uh, the balance between instilling values of of what I knew as my values and what my wife knew as hers. And and this was interesting specifically around money and around a, a, a work ethic. And um, so the way my parents did it, the way my parents had raised me was certainly to understand the value of a dollar and really wanted me to understand uh, how to work hard, how to really understand the the work life and, and get out there and get after it. And, and I appreciate them for that. So um, the, the biggest thing I always like to discuss it when I'm talking about this was uh, our first car. And, and I'm at that crossroads right now as my daughter's about to turn 16, um, literally in a couple of months, of what to do with her first car. And so for my first car, what my parents did was buy just an awful junker. It was a horrible piece of crud. And what they did was they they paid the down payment in the first six months insurance. And then I had to pay my parents back $50 a week uh, to drive the car. And so right at the age of 16, I was already in the workforce. I was actually in the workforce at 11 and then at 15. But um, at the age of 16, I had to hold that job down if I wanted to drive that car. And if I couldn't pay uh, my weekly tab, then I couldn't drive the car. Now, what was interesting about that is in order to keep the job, then I had to choose certain events within school that I could participate in. So I couldn't participate in all the sports I wanted to uh, participate in. I had to miss you know, certain plays and certainly social events and things like that. So there was some some things I missed out on in my high school experience. But, you know, I held a job. I understood what it was to, to do it. And um, the, the other thing around that, though, was around the discipline of the car. So, you know, my parents would threaten to take the car away from me. But that, that had a negative connotation to me because – you know, I, I'm paying for that car. You're not going to take it away from me. So, you know, there there were some really good points about that strategy and some bad points around that strategy. But the good points is, is you know, I earned that car. And I knew what it was to work for something. And I knew what it was to earn something. And even though that ne- wasn't necessarily the car that I wanted, um, you know, I earned it. That That was my car. Uh, so then the reverse side of that strategy, and you couldn't be further from that strategy than what my wife had, which was, you know, she had kind of a dream car. Uh, I believe it was a, a Firebird T-Tops or, or whatever. And, and when she turned 16, uh, she had the the car of her dreams in, in the driveway with a bow around it and, and really kind of no strings attached other than, you know, get good grades and be a good daughter. Uh, but no job, no, you know, no payments around. Um and she got the entire social experience. Now, what what she didn't really get around that was that that value of working towards it, um, and and the value of what that was worth. But what she did get was you know was the disciplinary side of that. So if you know her grades would slip, or the, the, there was something in the discipline side that her parents wanted to enforce, then they threatened the car. And there were a couple of times where they did take the car away from her. And, you know, in talking with my wife, she was devastated. I mean, just completely devastated um, when that occurred. And so you can certainly see the pros and cons of kind of each approach. Uh, You know, my approach or my parents' approach with me, you know, certainly strong work ethic, know the value of a dollar, um, bad side, didn't really get the whole high school experience, um, you know, lost a lot of the social experience because I had to work so much, Um, but there really wasn't any kind of disciplinary value in threatening to take the car away. Um, the the flip side of my wife, right, it didn't really have always the value of the dollar and everything else. But um, the the flip side, you know, to her is the, the disciplinary side. So now we're trying to reconcile as a family and as parents, you know, what to do with my daughter. And, and that's really a tough dis- decision because, you know, we kind of, are also comfortable with the way that we were raised and we're comfortable with how things work for us. And so we're trying to decide what the best approach is. And, and that's the greatest thing about being parents is you always want to take that step back and say, well, here's what I loved about the way I was raised. Here's the way I loved about um, what my parents did. And here's what I didn't like. And, and I'm not going to do that to my children. 
Um, and then you find yourself still doing that to your children, which I think is hilarious. But at, at the same time, you know, we're trying to reconcile what's the best approach. And, uh, you know, the biggest thing for me in, in trying to instill values into my daughters, I want her to have that work ethic. I want her to have that that uh, understanding that, you know, I, I think in my career, if you look at what I do in, in my business, I, I don't I know I'm not the smartest. And, and, and oftentimes when I'm in the room, there's many more people that are much smarter than I am. But the one thing I know that I have to rely on is is very few people are going to outwork me uh, from a work ethic perspective. And, and even one of the more prouder times of my in my life is, is you know, I had a job. Uh, I'd come off the road as a consultant, taken um, much less pay. And uh, was was uh, taking a, a job that I was very interested in, but it didn't pay as much. But it was a great learning opportunity. But my wife had a very sizable income, so it was a good decision on both of our parts. And within a couple of weeks, she lost her job. And so we went from two very good incomes to one not-so-good income. And uh, that very weekend, I had a job selling lawn and garden at Sears and then delivering wings as well. And so what I was proud of is, you know, there is no ego. I'll, I'll do anything that it takes to provide for my family. And I don't care what the job is. I'm going to do what it takes. And I was, I was thankful for, to my family for instilling that work ethic into me that says, I'll do what it takes to get the job done. So, you know, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm concerned as to what to do as we take this next phase in into getting my daughter's car as to what that next step may be um, because I, I don't want to make the decision that that leads us down a path that maybe doesn't give her that best work ethic yet still providing the greatest social experience. So that's where I'm at right now with that. That's only phase one of kind of three phases I'm going to be talking about today as we discuss parenting and the work-life balance uh, hang out with me. Hey, listen, call in, man. I'd love to hear your opinions on this or if you guys have, have run into some of these same situations. Uh, again, that number is 866-472-5790. You can tweet me at, at Rick A. Morris. I'm watching that. Uh, use the hashtag WorkLifeBalance uh, and I can pick you up there. Or you can email me at rmorris uh, at uh, rsquareconsulting.com. Or you can even use the contact me at rickamorris.com to get to me. Uh, but love to hear from you guys. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back on the Work-Life Balance. You're listening to Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage. Where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. 
Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. All right, we're back. And... Um so we're discussing parenting, the work-life balance, and uh, you know, I guess what got me on to this topic was a fantastic interaction with my son today. Uh, you know, it, my son, you could just see it on his face when I walked in uh, the door uh, after picking him up from school. You could just see his little face, and you see, what's the matter, buddy? And uh, he said, well, I got sent to the principal's office. I'm like, okay, so let's talk about it. And... Uh, you never know where these conversations are going to go. And as a dad, you're, you're, you're just hoping for the best. And, and we try to instill honesty and, and, and virtue and everything else into our kids. But I'm just kind of bracing to find out what what little man did this time, right? <laughs> What's happening? And he said, um, he, he said well, he said, I, I teased Aiden. And I said, okay, so what did you tease him about? And he said, well, he likes a girl. I said, okay. I said, now, did you tease him mean or, or did you tease him, you know, did, did you tease him kind of as daddy teases you? And he said, no, it was more like how you tease me. And so then I felt a little bad because, you know, I think maybe I showed him the way <laughs> and showed him how to do it. And, uh, and I said, well, then what happened? He goes, well, then we got sent to the principal's office. I said, yeah, but who saw you and, and how did you get sent to the principal's office? And he said, well, Aiden punched me. And I said, oh, okay, so so he hit you. And he said, yes, sir. And I said, well, did, did you hit him back? And he said, no, sir. He said, Aiden's, Aiden's smaller than I am, and, and you know, he, he kind of can't see very well, so he came up and, <laughs> and hit me, and I, I didn't want to hit him back. And he said, I teased him. I kind of deserved it. And I said, and that's why you got sent to to the principal's office and he said yeah and I said well what happened at the principal's office they said well they made us you know fill out a form and they called mommy and and uh, they, then they sent us back and that's what happened I said okay I said so is that it bud and he said yeah and he said that's all and I, and so I couldn't be mad I, I couldn't be mad I was very very proud and here here were the things that I was proud about and this is what I wanted to share was you know it took a long time for him to get to the point of what somebody else had done to him. Um, he had taken responsibility all the way up to the point for everything he had done. So he could have started that story and, and, you know, I, I wish, I wish my daughter would hear it. I wish my daughter would listen. He, he could have started the story with Aiden punched him and that's why he went to the principal's office and he didn't do anything or any of the other stuff. But, but what he started with was, was what he had done and he had took responsibility I also love the fact that he showed the restraint of, of not getting back into the physical altercation because I have taught him, you know, I'm a, I'm a Southern man. We, I'm his football coach. And I've taught him, look, if you need to defend yourself. If somebody's coming after you, learn how to defend yourself. But in this case, he wasn't threatened. You know, he did something. Somebody took a swing. He assessed the situation, decided that, you know, it wasn't really a, a physical altercation. It was somebody was mad. They they took it out aggressively. They shouldn't have, but they did, and he didn't need to escalate the situation any further. Um, so I was super proud of that. And um, he also assessed it because he was he was bigger than the kid, and um, he also felt like he kind of deserved it. Which uh, you know what I agreed he did. Maybe yeah you know, I don't always agree with physical violence, but you know he didn't he he didn't deserve to swing back. So, you know, I'm sitting there just listening to him, and how could I be mad at that? You know, how could I be mad at him? And so certainly he got sent to the principal's office, and they had to deal with it. And, you know, but I don't think, you know, there's any repercussions that, that come out of that. He was honest. He told me this situation. But what I loved was, at, you know, at 10 years old, taking responsibility for his actions. And it, as a parent, 
you know, that's all I can hope for at this point. You know, I, as, as I'm trying to rate, there's no manual, there's no nothing that that's coming. And, and so I want to contrast that with the same conversation I had, you know, this morning where, you know, I don't have a tremendous amount of rules, but I do have rules in the house. And, and one of those is that, that your room is, is picked up. And again, you know, I've, I've told my daughter that the rules aren't followed, then, you know, that it's got to, it's got to stay in, in, in the car is, is going to be a, a testament of whether or not the rules are followed. And so, you know, if you don't follow the rules of the house then the, the car doesn't come. And so one of the things we were looking at was, um, you know, I came in, I had been traveling to New York city. Like I said, I just got back last night and we came in, the room wasn't clean. And so I pointed that out and evidently, you know, to a teenager, you're not allowed to point out things like that. And, uh, you know, and so when I asked as to why, you know, the, the the answer was, well, I can give you a lot of excuses, but, you know, you're probably not going to want to hear that. And I said, well, that's true. But the fact that you can come up with excuses when it takes about five minutes just to pick this up, it's not, a, you know, it's not a big thing. It's not a big thing. Let's just do it. Let's just fix it. And I just, I find it fascinating um, that we could probably spend uh, more time coming up with the excuses of why not do something than to do it. And so part of that, why I even bring this up and why I'm even talking about it, I'm not trying to shame anybody or shame my daughter or anything like that. Please don't take it that way because uh, I'm sure those emails will come soon. Um, the, the, the point of it is, is this is what fascinates me as, um, as a manager, as a project manager into the personality profiles and into understanding how to frame conversations. Because I sat down with my wife um, after I'd taken my daughter to school and I said, you know, it's, it, it's amazing that I do this for a living. It's amazing that, that I, you know, I, I speak on motivation. I speak on leadership, uh, that, that I work with organizations for a living, but that, that for some reason I can't motivate my own daughter. I just, it just fascinates me that, um, that, that I've been able to, you know, work with, with hundreds of thousands of leaders across the world and, 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 and do this for a living, yet I can't get my 15-year-old daughter to pick up her clothes off the floor. It, just, it is the most interesting dichotomy in the world that, you know, that, that if somebody came into my house, they'd go, so why do I need to hire you? And, and, and I don't have an answer for you other than I, I'm really good at motivating other people, but for some reason, my daughter just thinks I'm full of it. I don't get it. Um, and it's it's a fascinating thing to to be a part of. And this is why I dive into all of these personality profiles and that kind of stuff. And I, and I promise you this is if for some reason I can break through, if some reason I can find that whatever that magic is, I guarantee you um, that, that, you know, Maxwell and everybody else that I work with, they got nothing on me. Cause if I can find whatever this magic sauce is to, to, to motivate this young lady to, 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 you know, simply clean her room, um, then that is going to be the best-selling book that, that's going to trump them all. I guarantee you that. So uh, with that, <laughs> and again, yes, I'm teasing. Um, but with that, you know, that led me to a topic for me to start going, you know, from the heart to really start to chart and think about, you know, what are those things and, and skills and, and qualities and abilities that, that we pray and hope that our children have and and how do we look at that and how do we hope that um, you know that w- that that we can develop that and so you know as I look through that obviously you know as I look at at some of the things with my son today what I heard from him today was you know empathy I saw empathy in him today and that's something. Um, that I, I really, you, you know, I, I was so proud of. I was so proud that he was empathy, uh, empathetic. I, I, I wanted him to be transparent, and um, he was right. Again, he he started with owning the issue and telling me the truth. And in, but also it was all about what he had done, um, not just you know, what others had done to him, but what he had done. Um, and I thought that was a big thing. Um, you know, my daughter, her strengths, that, that she's so incredibly smart. She's, she's smarter than I am, and that's that's the problem. But she's so incredibly smart, 
Um, but the things we want to look for there, we, we want our kids to be self-disciplined. We, we, we expect a lot of our children, but we, but we want them to be um, self-disciplined. Um, we want them to be able to, um, you know, solve issues on their own or see things like that. Or, you know, for me, you know, it, it drives me nuts that the kids can like walk over things uh, in the house. You know, it's like you, you, you just saw that piece of, of trash on the floor. Just pick it up. Why, well, why do you have to wait for me to tell you to pick it up? Just pick it up. Pick it up. Just get it. Just pick it up. But we'll, we'll, we'll walk over. I mean, it could stay there for days. I actually did that as a test for a while. There was something just right in the middle of the living room floor. And I wanted to know how long it would actually sit there uh, without me saying something. Uh, before we get picked up, uh, and, and the the answer is a really long time. I I lost count, um, and before eventually I got frustrated and picked it up myself. The the, the point is, and they they physically don't see it. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's a trait, uh, but it's amazing. Um, but we we hope that they can be self disciplined. Um, we want them to 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 be compassionate. Um, you know, and I saw some of that today. And my and my daughter's incredibly uh, compassionate about you know, causes that she believes in. Um, I, w- I wish that that meant her room, but it doesn't. But, but you know, compassionate in things that they do uh, and compassionate in the things that they, they believe in, compassionate towards people. Um, that's something that, that I want to see quite a bit of. Um, and so with that, I think when we come back, um, I want to discuss some more of these traits that we hope that we can instill in, in children and that we hope that we hear and, and see um, and discuss some of that. And again, would love to see some or hear some of your feedback. You're listening to Rick Morris and the Work-Life Balance. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to the Work-Life Balance. If you think you would make a fantastic guest on the show, you can visit rickamorris.com. Fill out a form there. We'd love to hear from you, see if you could make a guest on the Work-Life Balance. Um 
So we're in a profoundly reflective mood right now. And uh, just, you know, I do that from time to time and I can. Uh, And, you know, I look at this picture uh, on my wall in my office every day. uh, And it's a picture of my father. And and as I said, I lost him at a young age. And uh, the picture, he actually started a software company in 1978. uh, And they were one of the first organizations ever to automate an insurance claim on an IBM mainframe. So I was kind of born into this industry without knowing it. But, uh, you know, it's a picture of my dad with one of these huge computers uh, in the room uh, working with an IBM consultant uh, trying to get the machine to work. But, uh, you know, that's on my desk and that that looks over my office. And, you know, at the time that that my dad passed, I was in a particularly rebellious time in my life and not exactly on the straight and narrow. Um, And so, you know, I never got to to the point where – you know, he could see me now and, and see, see what this life has become and see me with my kids and, and, you know, certainly see the, the, the speaking engagements and the books and things that, that we've accomplished and, and the things that, that uh, we at this organization get to do every day. And, and, and certainly, you know, depending on how spiritual you are, we say that he can see. Uh, but I would love to have been able to, you know, walk off stage and see pops, you know, and 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 see them there, and and that puts me into a, to these reflective moods. And as I struggle with being, you know, the balance of the dad that I want to be, and, and as we talk the work life balance, you know, I've, I've I started my own company because I wanted to make sure that while I can provide a good life for my family, that I wasn't gone from my family the whole time. And that's a that's a difficult road to walk. Um, so I try to make sure that you know, uh, as I said earlier, I was in New York City for a couple of days, but I want to make sure that I'm I'm trying to be home, you know, much more than I am gone, and that um, when I am here, uh, that I'm present. And so you know, I coach my son's football team, try to stay involved in my my daughter's high school and her activities. Uh, you know, when I am in town, I'm, I'm the one that takes them and picks them up from school and, and try to stay as super involved as I can. And doing that, we want to make sure that we're instilling the, the traits that, that we want from, from our children. And, and you know, they, they pick up so much from us. And uh, as I've started to walk this journey of, of self-discovery and, and self-awareness through uh, the Maxwell team and everything else that we're doing, you know, it's making me more aware of of the traits that they picked up from me as as an early parent and, and the ones that I hope that they're picking up, you know, as a later parent. And, you know, the, the biggest thing, you know, I want them to be is, you know, in the moment. Um, I want them to to, to live in the now and, and understand that that, you know, today is such a big day. And uh, we'll be giving you an announcement a little bit later in the show about uh, the whole No Day But Today series that, that we've been talking about for, for quite some time. But, you know, being in the moment, being in the now is so important because it can lead to such great optimism. Um, you know, we live in a crazy time and, and the, the, the craziness of, of social media and how it can get so much right and so much wrong at the same time. And and the the era of technology and, and this this instant gratification that people must feel all the time, it can it can lead to actually a dampening that I see of, of optimism. I had you know a, a crazy conversation today um, where you know I'm watching organizations make long term changes. And these long-term changes are becoming harder and harder for organizations because they, they want to see these instant gratifications. Well, look, it, it, change is tough. Change is difficult. Change takes time. And it's not instant. And, and you know, when, when we're not seeing instant gratification, then then we, we tend to derail. Uh, one of my, you know, John Maxwell was talking and, and he said, you know, one of the words that's not very sexy at all um, in, in it, but it's it's one of the most important words out there, and I think it's true as a parent. And I think it's true as an organization. I think it's true when you're dealing with change. Is consistency, is consistency. And he says, you know, he says, imagine that. He says, imagine going in for your review, for your employee review, and saying, boy, you were consistent. Now you wouldn't want that. You would want, you know. 
you're amazing, you're awesome, you're, you know, fantastic, you're super intelligent, whatever. He says, but 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 if you're consistent, if you're consistent and intentional, it's amazing. It's you, that that that's how you can achieve long-term results is is a consistency of your approach. But but consistency is boring, but consistency is what what delivers these long-term changes. And, and and, but but consistency doesn't always lead to that greater optimism, right? And consistency, um, if you're not if you're looking for instant gratification, then you're not in the moment, and that in the moment sometimes, right, requires that that visual light visualization of some of those long term gratification moments. So, so I, I hope that I can instill to them being in the in the moment. Understanding that the little tasks, the little things I'm doing today are going to pay off in the long term. And so for me, you know, again, it's a constant battle, you know, with my daughter. And it's, and again, I'm not trying to shame. It's just I want to share the struggle because I think it's important because I think when other people hear that we all struggle, that we all understand these same struggles, it's helpful. But I can't lose the consistency of approach with her because I want her to understand that routine is important. The reason why she doesn't clean her room is because she doesn't like it. I get it. There's so many things I do every day I don't like. There's so many things I have to do every day. You know one thing I don't like to do? I don't like to pay bills. Yeah, I don't like to pay bills. Get this. When I earn money, I like to keep it. Yeah. Imagine that. I don't like to write checks to people and give my money away that I earned for things. But I have to do it. It's a chore. And I hate having to sit down and pay bills. I hate that. I hate doing it. hate paying bills. Not even good at it. Not even good at paying bills. But I have to be consistent and do it. I have a method. I have a, a time that I do it. And I do it every time. But... If I don't follow that pattern, then guess what? You don't pay bills. Things get turned off. Your credit goes bad. There's all kinds of litany of things that happens when you don't pay your bills. So I get, and, and a lot of people will get, that I don't like to do it. But it doesn't mean I can absolve myself from the responsibility. I don't like you know, cleaning up my own office. I don't like taking out the trash. I don't like doing the dishes. I don't like doing laundry. But you know what? People don't like smelling my nasty clothes either. So I do the laundry, right? I don't always like getting up and taking a shower. I like to sleep in. But you know what? I have bills to pay, right? I don't always like getting up at 6.30 in the morning taking my kids to school. But you know what? It's not the taking the kids to school, but getting up at 6.30 in the morning is the problem, right? I love taking my kids to school, but getting up at 6.30 in the morning is the problem. But I do it, right? I don't always like it, but I do it, and I'm consistent. And it's a work ethic. And it's something that you just learn to do. And you just learn to do it. And so it's trying to instill that portion and that ethic and getting that in that I think is 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 difficult. And so when when she tells me, well, I just don't like to do it, I, I get it. I get it. I don't like to do a lot of the stuff I do, but I do it. And I don't like having to tell you to do it, but I have to. I don't like to have this uncomfortable conversation with you all the time, but I, I, I do it. And I don't like the fact that you get mad at me when I do it, but I have to do it. This is that balance that we have to strike, and I don't know any other way. And, and again, there, there wasn't a manual that, that popped out when she was born. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be great? You know, the baby pops out, and yeah, here comes the baby. And then here comes, you know, the, the, the manual, you know, and, and it, it's on version 9 now. The version 9 manual comes out and says, here's how to raise this child. Because every child's different, so hopefully, you know, this is version 9.0, and it came with this manual, but it doesn't. It doesn't come, and each child's different, because all I have to do is look at my son differently, and he'll go do something. Now, it's not to say that he doesn't have his faults, because for the love of me, I can't get that kid to put his, wherever he takes off his shoes, that's where they are. And then he doesn't remember where they are, because he doesn't put them in the same place every time. We, We all have our things, but... My point is, is we we have to stay consistent, and if we stay consistent, then we can get some of those long-term payoffs. One of my favorite things that that 
that I really want them to be more than anything. And this is so hard at a kid's age, so hard at a kid's age. I want them to be authentic. I want them to be authentic. I want them to be them. I don't want them to be mini me's. I don't want them to be mini mommies. I don't want them to be many of their friends. I don't want them to, 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 to look at the latest celebrities and, and follow. But I just want them to be authentic. And that, and the reason why that's so weird or so hard is because, you know, all the mainstream. Because if you go outside of the mainstream at all, right, then, then, then you're an outsider or whatever, right? So you always got to be in the latest trends and the latest clothes and the latest things. And blah, blah, blah. But God, I just want them to be authentic. I just want them to be who they are. And, and and the one the one thing I'm so proud of my daughter for is she is authentic. She is who she is. She likes who she likes. She reads what she reads. She watches what she watches. She is authentic. That is that is uh, far and away. And, and it's all different stuff. You know, some of her favorite television shows. I love her, some of her favorite television shows. Old fifties. Loves I Love Lucy and. I Dream of Genie and Gilligan's Island and stuff like that. I love that. I love that that's, that's the kind of comedy and stuff that she likes, especially with all the stuff that's on TV. And, and she's big into reality TV with that. So that's our thing is we watch reality TV and, and study people's behaviors. But, um, you know, just be authentic, man. Be who you are. Be what you are and embrace it. Uh, because I think especially around the ages of 13, 14, 15, 16, they're, they're trying to figure that out. Um, and, and I think she knows who she is and she embraces that. And that's that's an amazing quality uh, that she has. I think that's amazing and very, very good at what she does. We want them to be adventurous. Um, we want them to try new things. Uh, and, it, and it's not failing. It's it's it's. Getting out there and, and trying stuff to figure out what you're good at. Um, I, I really am thankful to my parents that, you know, every time I came home and said, you know, I think I'm going to go do this. They're like, all right. And, and we tried to do the same for the kids, right? We never pushed them into any sport. We've never really pushed them into any instrument or any club or anything. And if they decided they wanted to do something, now we asked them to fulfill the commitment. So if they commit to a sport you got to play the season. If you commit to, you know, a club, you got to, you got to finish the, the, the run of it. But then after that, if you decide, you know, that's, that's not your boat, that's not something you want to do, then fine. But be adventurous, try it, try everything, try to do all that you can. All right. So we're going to take another quick break here and we'll be back uh, with the work-life balance right after this. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other, where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage, where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end -end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy, and the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end -end software solutions from CA Technologies 
can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back for the final segment of the Work-Life Balance uh, this week. We've been in an introspective mood talking about the kids uh, and talking about parenting and, and kind of the traits. Um, did want to remind you, October 7th, we've got a huge event that's uh, going to be happening called Live to Lead. If you haven't heard about it, you can go to l2l.johnmaxwell.com. Um, this is actually going to be a, a very large simulcast that's happening in, in 124 countries uh, around the world. Um it's a live event in Atlanta, but simulcast, uh, again, in all those countries. Uh, go to l2l.johnmaxwell.com. It's going to be John Maxwell, uh, Simon Sinek, uh, Liz Wiseman, and Dan Cathy. Uh, it's going to go from 8 to 12, I believe, uh, Central Time, 9 to 1 Eastern. Um, but it's going to be an amazing uh, event of leadership, leadership speakers. Uh, they will be uh, – uh, doing the, the, the simulcast, but the cost of the event, I want to say is anywhere from like $189 uh, to $1,000 for a whole table, depending on where you're going to go see this. That is just pennies on the dollar. I mean, some of these events, it, it can cost two to five to $10,000 just to hear any one of these speakers. So to be able to attend an event like this for $189, see all four of those speakers, it, it's going to be an amazing time. We're actually going to be uh, helping out uh, I will be at the event here in Birmingham, Alabama uh, on October 7th, uh, so please don't miss that event. Go check that out. Find out where you can see that locally. Uh, to wrap up the, the topic here, we were talking about parenting, the work-life balance. Look, I applaud all the different parents out there that, that are just trying to get by and, and trying to get this done. Um, absolutely one of the most rewarding jobs in the world. Um, I can't tell you the, the amount of experiences that, that, that I've had as a parent. Um, how I utilize that in kind of my day-to-day life. And, and one of the biggest things uh, in, in announcements that we have is that uh, uh, we have been picked up uh, on the book of No Day But Today. Uh, that is going to be launching hopefully by January now is, is when we're looking at that. So for those of you that have listened or if you're just listening to this broadcast now, you can go back into the archives. I did a session, uh, one of my first shows here of No Day But Today, is a motivational series centered around uh, the story of Jonathan Larson and, and the creation of Rent. Uh, but I have a motivational series that, that I built over the last five years, taking the skill set of a project manager and breaking that down into several roles. And how that fits into the whole parenting style is, you know, as, as a person, I've, I've had to learn how to, to compartmentalize my life and make sure that I keep things in focus. And and this even goes to the the show of the work-life balance. And so when I'm speaking and I'm I'm touring and I'm talking to a lot of individuals, they ask me, how do I get all of this done? How do I I have the radio show? How do I speak for a living? How do I run two companies Uh, and then still have time to coach my son's football team and and teach at my daughter's high school and do all the things that I do? And and the answer is it's, it's, it's easy if you have it all in focus. And so what we've learned to do is take a system and I've taken the very large question of how do I want to be remembered? And if you think about that, I have several roles that I have to fulfill in life. And in life, I'm, I'm a business owner, I'm a husband, I'm a father, and I'm a brother, and uh, I'm a friend. And so I, I look at each one of those roles in my life and have tried to think about how I want to be remembered in each one of those roles. And, and those essentially set the, the compass of my life for each one of those roles. And in doing so, then asked in, in, in definition of the people that I fulfill those lives, the, those roles for in my life, um, what those, you know, I, I define how I want to be remembered. And then I ask them, 
you know, if if I want to be remembered this way, how how do I fulfill that that role for you? So, for instance, to to be a a present father is something that I want to be remembered for. So, in talking with my daughter and my son, I try to find out how do I be present for you. You know, what what are the activities? What are the things that I need to to be doing to be present in your life? Not just you know being around, but you know, what are the things in, that that I need to be involved with in, in your life to to be present for you? And and I find out what that means, and it changes over time. But I find out what that means, and then I make sure that I'm scheduling, you know, when I schedule my day and I look at my week and I look at all the activities that I'm trying to achieve, that I am I'm actively scheduling time to value the time that I have with my kids and the, the value, the, the one-on-one time I get with them and that I'm advancing that role. And so I do that as each one of those roles as a business owner. So no, no different than when you sit down and schedule your day for work, I'm I'm scheduling my my roles. I sit down and schedule uh, activities, not just for work. I sit down and schedule my my work life balance and making sure that I'm achieving that work life balance on a daily basis. So that whole system and that whole play is has uh, been sold, and and we're going to be launching that in January. So we're very very excited about that. Uh, so more to come on that. You'll hear a lot about that on the show. Um, I certainly value all of your time and listening to us here at the Voice America Network and the Business Channel and certainly on the work-life balance. Uh, we've got Jamie Beckler coming up next week, which uh, he's a coach and part of the John Maxwell team. He's going to have a fascinating story for us, uh, so we're super excited with that. Um, and then we've also got some really exciting guests. I, I came across a beautifully written article uh, in Inc. Magazine from uh, – a gentleman by the name of Matt Thomas and reached out to him. He's agreed to be on the show. I'm also pursuing um, the young lady who is is changing people's lives at East Mississippi Community College that was part of the um, reality series uh, uh, called Last Chance U uh, to get her on the show. Uh, and we've got some super exciting guests that are going to be up on the, the show shortly. So looking forward to continuing to entertain you in the coming year. Uh, We'll make it another year here on the Voice America Network, God willing, for you guys. And uh, look forward to increasing the numbers and increasing the entertainment for you over the coming months. And uh, appreciate everybody tuning in again. Uh, And we will talk to you next week on the Work-Life Balance. You've been listening to Rick Morris. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show. 